How do you pick a real estate agent? Yes, so that can be a couple of different things. Agents are now probably better educated as well as to what properties are going to sell for. Talking about it over coffee when we used to just catch up for coffee and not record it. You talk about it in a way that's accessible and easy to listen. If you've if you've been in your career for a short while, how do you take yourself to the next level? Yeah, um, it was really a podcast. Yeah, Clearly. exactly right. Yeah, epic this week on the property part. <laughs> That's right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back with 2020. It's a new year, it's a new decade, it's a new intro. All right. You should have seen the smile on J-Mac's face when he heard the screen grabs of all the little bits in the new intro. <laughs> Holy moly. I was, uh, I was really impressed by your editing skills, yeah. mate. That was awesome. <laughs> what a soundscape. Yeah. Are you saying he hasn't got that skill set, Joe? Oh, well, it's season two. He's <laughs> taking it to the next level. And here we are. Welcome back. How are we, guys? I'm actually feeling really good now. Now it's... now. Into the full swing of things. I was thinking, like, we were questioning what happened over the holidays, and I slept a lot. You did Sur- say I, that. I was surprising how much I slept. Yeah. 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 But you must have needed it. Yeah, it's just 20, 2019 seemed to be a bigger year than I probably gave it credit for. And uh, so I slept. It was amazing. Ah, uh, the life of a childless couple. <laughs> oh, I just <laughs> sleep all day. <laughs> Aaron, you should be making the most of it with only yeah. a month or so to go. Yeah. <laughs> yes, at home I have a very pregnant partner and we're getting ready to ramp it up. So I was actually thinking we need to bank a heap of these episodes, boys, because I'm me out of commission. So. Completely out of action. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. you'll have to work on your editing skills. Oh, no. Got this. <laughs> We got this, John. Yeah. <laughs> got full faith in the fact that I've never even seen that screen of what you do before. <laughs> I'll work it out. <laughs> so, um, how did the break go? We'll, we'll just start off quickly with how do we, uh, how do we go over Christmas? And I know a lot of listeners would love to know if one specific sale was made. It was. It was me. It was made. <laughs> the tradition lives on. My old man got his Christmas Eve sale <laughs> and he was pretty pumped right, about it. Mr. Berry. So right at the end of last season, we discussed Paul Berry was on a hot streak of Christmas Eve sales. He was. So he'd actually managed to somehow over the last eight years get a sale every Christmas Eve. And so about two or three years ago was when we actually noticed that he was doing it. Like uh-huh. no one had really paid that much attention. And then it's now just been this thing. Are you going to find the sale this year, Paul? You're going to get it. You're going to get it. <laughs> and he works hard, but you've never seen someone work like Dad does on Christmas week. <laughs> he brings every person he can possibly think of to find that one sale. Just that one day. That's all there's, the year matters. There's now. only one other person in the entire world that works as hard during Christmas week. Yeah. And he wears a red suit. Yeah. He's got a black belt and a big white beard. <laughs> Yeah, it's, a, it's only leading up to that one day yeah. and then that doesn't matter after that. Yeah. Well, the pressure's on now because next year's a decade of doing it so he's mm. got to somehow pull out number 10. It, w- it was really cool to see him come into the office. He walked in and he's just come up and he's flushed the contract in front of me and he's just, it's happened. And I was like, oh, mate. <laughs> so I, I went and got a photo and put it up on the socials and I was like, Paul's doing it. He's, he's kicked butt. <laughs> so what about you guys across the Christmas board? Do you guys take it pretty – you slept obviously, John, so yeah, was, not many sales. No, I was, I was actually really lucky that all, all that stuff wound up right bang on the middle and then yep. nothing was kicking back in until – we've got a lot of listings coming over the next couple of weeks. With that space then, with not as much inquiry coming through, it was I – was, I was lucky. Yep. That's, mo- most years that's just not the case. Now look, and sometimes yeah, that's so exactly I, what so you I, need. So I you've, took it, yeah. yeah. You've landed on your feet with that one. Mm. What about you, Pat? I uh, was the lucky person opening up the office over the Christmas New Year period. So public holidays was all I had off, but it was still fun. Like yep. this time of year, there's plenty of happening. So even when you finish work, you can go do things. And you're rolling through. That. 
people obviously still are tenants and need property managers to deal with. Yeah, definitely. So um, always lucky to get those after hours calls and to <laughs> fix those problems when you yeah. <laughs> want to be doing other things. But yeah, sure, we didn't actually have that much this year and mm. the couple of tenants that did have issues, uh, one of them was really accommodating and helped to work with us to get to the next business day. So That's handy. Yeah, she was nice. She wasn't too stressed about it. So Well, if they're, if they're nice too, because if it's obviously a cost that bears on the owner, the fact if they are doing it on a public holiday, the, you know, can you you know can you know help the we owner understand. not pay yeah. a, an additional three times premium for being on a public holiday? That would be really grateful. Like, well, this um, tenant had no hot water. And we're oh, like, wow. well, we have to get it fixed for it. She's like, no, my mum lives a couple of streets over. I'll just go shower there. Can You you can get it done as soon as the guys are back at work. Oh, really? Yeah. Far out. That was lucky. <laughs> I know. It's like, Jesus. whoa, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> so, no, she was really, really nice and really accommodating. So yeah. Yeah. You're lucky, you get lucky sometimes and you get someone that understands as well. Like I think about, obviously, from a legal perspective, Aaron, we have 24 hours to fix emergency items and hot water classes was one of those. Yep. But then I think about my own personal house. Recently, we had a leaking pipe and it started leaking on the Friday night and we did nothing until Monday morning because we didn't want to spend the, yeah, the yeah. call-out fee. It's very different when it's yeah. your money. You yeah. realise you can get by. <laughs> it is what it is. You've got to fix them when they have to. Ah, look, and it's mm. that other thing of when you're in a situation like that, you don't know when it's going to be fixed, you know, that you knew that in three days' time you You've, could have it in fixed. in your control. It's in absolutely. your control. Whereas if you're like, oh, we pass along to them and they didn't fix it for a week and we were without hot water for a week, like clearly there's reasons behind why it is what it is. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. And, yeah, you're trying to look at the best interests of your owners and your tenants. You kind of – it's that balancing act of, well, and of I doing think it that's, all. That's why, like, the, the writing is explicit when it comes to emergencies. It has to be done. Yeah. You know, and that's – at least then if it, the tenant has the right to push that to say, well, look, you need to get it done, that gives them the confidence and control to be able to dictate when emergency repairs and they're not going to be stuck, like you said – Having the fear of like, God damn it, when is this going to get done? Yeah, you yeah. know. So that's, I think that's fair and that's perfectly legitimate. In that case with Lady, like, I think she's done the owner an absolute solid by probably saving him a thousand bucks by waiting 24 hours. Yeah, exactly. It sounds like, it sounds like those Christmas gifts that they give out um, at the difference. end of the year might, um, yeah, what if that was, might uh, have paid <laughs> off. She's like, oh, they were nice to me. I'll be nice to them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's, um, let's jump in, actually. I think what we'll do first is do a follow up on the very first episode of season one. So it's a nice little callback. Oh, of course, yeah, with the first home buyers scheme. Mm, All right, one sec. 414 Real Estate has been operating within the northern suburbs of Hobart since 2006 with their innovative approach to marketing and managing your property. They have all your property needs covered. Find out more by visiting them today at 414.com.au. Okay, guys, so looking back at episode one, we actually were talking about election promises, I think, from memory. Yeah, and yeah it's funny. We led into a show about um, property with, like, this big election episode. It's Which is like, hilarious yeah, yeah. since we know nothing yeah. about it. It's a pretty election. dense topic to go, like, oh, no. straight off the gates. It's like, with. hey, do you want a light, easy listening, yeah. accessible show all about real estate? <laughs> well, let's talk about <laughs> the election. <laughs> Federal elections here. <laughs> yeah, so one of them was the first home loan deposit scheme that I think federal government announced or the Liberals announced and then Mm. Labor backed it so it was always going to get in. Yeah, yeah. Well, as of the 1st of January, it's finally live. So it's now available for first-home buyers and basically what it is is it allows you to borrow up to 95% of the purchase price Mm. without the need of mortgage insurance. So the government basically is becoming the mortgage insurance. Jesus, that's a a big change. And that um, because what, as we know, like normally it's going to be at least you need at least twenty percent deposit. So the idea that that you're not going to have to pay that mortgage lenders insurance makes a huge difference to the person's uh, purchasing power. 
And what people might not understand is once you get over 80% up until now, you've had to pay a fee for the yeah. privilege of borrowing that last 15%. And it can be as high as five or $6,000 in our Hobart area, I think. Yeah, that seems about a fair number to, yeah. to go over. So it's all about getting rid of that extra step to help first-home buyers get into market. Did you did you say it's like capped out at a certain number of people? Though? Yeah. Well, I didn't know that until I read an article earlier this week. Um, I thought it was just open to any first home buyer that wanted to apply for it, but it turns out there's actually a cap on it of it, ten thousand people. It's mm. kind of one of those perfect uh, election promises. They cost no money if you word it the right way. It sounds like it's going to benefit the whole nation, but when you actually deep dive down into it. So it's it's 10,000 mm. Aussies it says it will benefit. So oh, okay. It's, um, and it's on a – I think they're going to sort of means test it. So you can apply for it. doesn't mean you're going to It's not it. the first 10,000. Yeah. Like, so it's not going to be over within a week. You can apply and then they'll decide if you qualify. So yep. it'll be interesting to see how they decide who gets the opportunity to use it and who doesn't. I reckon if they're testing that idea of a means test where we're only going to limit a certain amount of people that – you've got to still apply for it. I think approach they have to take because if it was just um, – if they're doing this as a – like the government's now backing it, not in the previous instance where you just had like $7,000 that was bestowed as a, you know, first-home buyer's assistance or fourteen. at least that was just a fixed number. Yeah. But now as, as the government's becoming a, like the security, it's a very different space to play in. What I really like about it as well is that this scheme – is actually costing them nothing to implement unless people do the wrong thing. That's it. Yeah. If yeah. the people do the right thing and they pay their mortgage, it costs the Australian government absolutely nothing. Yes, they've got all this good press about it. They've got mm. they've done the great thing and helped out the first home buyer, but they've actually spent not a cent yeah. when you look at it because yeah. all they're doing is covering the risk if you default. That's it. Yeah. Now, if they means test it well enough and they make sure that the people that they grant it to are capable of paying back the mortgage, then – it's actually a really good scheme that will cost them nothing. To well, the other thought on that too is that if the only thing that's limiting some people in that in that capacity is, well, look, we just haven't been able to have enough cash behind us to put that front deposit down, but we've got more than enough, you know, we can prove that we're yeah, more than at, capable. Well, look at Hobart. Um, Rents are more expensive than mortgages are these days. Yeah, that's a really and it's point. really hard yep. for people to actually get the deposit and pay for the rent. Just having a look at an article here, it's just saying who's eligible for it. So some of the, mm. the stats here are saying that it's – Singles with a taxable income from the previous year of less than 125,000 and couples with a taxable income of less than 200,000, you have to move in. So it's similar to that um, yep. first home buyers. Um, and the loan term has to be less than 30 years. There's, mm-hmm. other, there's caps on prices in certain areas. Yep. So $700,000 cap in Sydney, $600,000 cap in Melbourne and Geelong. So they're going, depending, you can imagine... $400,000 cap for the rest of Victoria, Perth, Australia and Hobart. Yeah, okay. So that's sort of going in line with median prices in some respects. Yeah. yeah. I like that you added Victoria in just to get your, your cousin in there as well. Oh, not my cousin. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, you're talking about <laughs> you're talking about Paige from Bendigo. <laughs> that's the one. <laughs> so, yes. Paige, you can spend up to 400000 <laughs> Paige has got a house. Oh, well, Paige, you're out of the equation. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> no, look, it's just interesting that we've kind of covered this in the past and uh, we can come back around to it. So, it is in effect now and the federal government will act as a guarantor and you only need as little as or as much as 5%. Yeah. And no mortgage insurance. Yeah, and so that, uh, and that's that's the key, isn't it? It's the thought that um, by being able to eliminate that cost, well, then it's it's a sunken cost too. So you had to come up with six grand that ultimately didn't have any net positive effect on 
um, your mortgage at all. It was just you paying for the bank's insurance. Yeah. That's all it was. So for a lot of people, that just sped up the process, which yep. is really helpful. And it's available at the moment for 10,000 eligible people. So yep. if you're in the market at the moment and you're a first-time buyer, this could be something worth looking into. We should pass this along to John at the coffee shop. Absolutely. Which, uh, there's a funny end to your story with John too, isn't it? Well, look, I'd, I'd <laughs> learned about being a real estate agent, which I clearly am not, but the time that I came in and told him I had this perfect property and he told me I should stick to the photos. Yeah, yeah. Me and John have just gone down the coffee shop to get some this morning and as we've gone in, he's like, oh, I'm going to look at a house today. And I was like, oh, this will be interesting. This will let me know exactly kind of what he was after and how far off the mark I was. Yeah. As this two-storey, um, what would you... Like, it was just a brick, brick veneer, two-bedroom with a sort of semi-small backyard and it was, I think, nearly like a... In the middle of the suburbs. In the middle of the suburbs and sort of a strata house situation. <laughs> just like nothing like you described. No. <laughs> Look, <laughs> if you zoom out far on Google Maps, it's close to Collinsvale. <laughs> It's, close, it's got farm, it's all that kind of stuff, yeah. Well, look, look. as he said while we're in there, you've got to make compromises sometimes. That's and it. this is where he's looking. So good luck with him. Hopefully he uh, he comes off. Yeah, so yeah. Make compromises, completely change what you're looking yeah. for. <laughs> well, look, it's, it's like... No, uh, take it back. He's left one key thing the same. Yeah. He's still buying a house. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Let's look. Let's break it down. Yeah, hey, he, did, yeah, he, did, he didn't deceive you on that front. There was a time when he did want to buy shipping containers and convert them into houses. Remember, there was a time uh, when he showed me photos of hobbit houses that he wanted to build underground. <laughs> so this really different to what I thought he was looking for. Yes, because this one is above ground. Yeah, a man can dream. <laughs> All right, we'll uh, flick off and we'll come back to the next bit. <laughs> As a family-run business, First National Real Estate McGregor understands that the property market can be stressful. However, with a strong team in both sales and rentals, we are here to guide you through the property maze. Find out more today at McGregorFN.com. Well, with summer in full swing, it is the perfect time to host open homes. I, uh, mm. I know I've seen heaps of the signs around as I'm driving around the neighbourhoods on your Saturdays, you'll see open home come up this street and I'm always tempted to be like, hmm, should yep. I go in? Because I've got a um, stick it up company car, yep. I get really worried that they'll think I'm like a spy. Oh, okay. So I don't go. But I, maybe I could just walk to Well, them. I'd imagine there are some uh, agents that I've, I've had that before. They're a bit uppity mm. for, for no reason whatsoever. Yep. But they're just, it's, in the end, it's uh, I, I don't see it any different. But... Um, mm. I'd just go for it, mate. Yeah, yeah. I'm not actually Get, looking either. Yeah, yeah. But I'm just, it was just like I want to have a sticky back. So maybe they're right. I well, am spying. Well, oh, no, I wouldn't worry about it because it gives good feedback for the owner because they get one more little, uh, you know, oh, one, one little strike on the people coming through. Well, if you're going to sticky beak, you should sticky beak Susie's open homes because she's been getting the coffee guys in to do free coffee for everyone. Uh, so oh, so you the could, Wilfred guy. Yeah, you could look up where Susie's open. Say, right, oh, these are going to be where I'm getting my coffee each week from on my yeah. Saturday morning. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah, saving so my ten dollars yeah, so and I'm just going to your open home. Not a bad idea. Well, it's shake coffee, so yeah, what yeah. you'd pay for anyway. I've been to open homes where they serve champagne and stuff like that as well, so you could get your coffee, then lunch, and then in the evening you could be getting uh, getting started. <laughs> oh, yeah, like you can make a full day of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we're just really mapping out how yeah. you can eat for free on a Saturday. Is that what we're doing now? Yeah, that's that's the guide to uh, open homes at <laughs> the show. Like, um, but on a serious note, why do we need them, John? Why do we need them? Where I suppose the um, reason why... It, 
people like it is for a couple of reasons. From the purchaser's perspective, they get to you, you can you can ram in a bunch of properties in one set without having to directly book appointments all the time. Yeah. So it allows you to it's like machine gun approach to looking at property. From I think it allows as well if you're not sure about a house, maybe you're like, oh, I like it, but I don't know if I want to go as far as booking a private inspection because I don't want to waste their time if I. That's uh, yeah, that's fair, absolutely. Yeah, but the amount of people that I've had over the years that have said to me, oh, we had no intention of coming to this open home, but we thought we'd just come and have a look at it because it was on yeah. and we're waiting for one down the road to start. Yep. And then they ended up buying mine. Yeah. is amazing. So I think people do get a bit nervous maybe about booking one-on-one inspections and that this sort of method eases that that pressure a little bit. Well, and that bears out in our numbers because I'll know if we'll, you know, even on a property that may not have any inquiries that week, but there's a forward open home, um, booked and then all of a sudden you get say five to ten people it's it just goes to show once that time's available like well no nah, we'll just wait to that time won't have to reach out by means of oh this is a good opportunity let's go check it out yeah mm. <laughs> well, well look i when when we when i first started selling though um we're in that time of the market it was the volume of people always is dependent upon you know the market activity the positioning of the home the price and a bunch of other factors um, and sometimes if you've got a really interesting one that can just be a pure instance that 90% of the people just want to check it out. Have you had any yeah. interesting properties along your time, John? The Anything like a, a train or anything? Well, uh, we didn't. We, <laughs> that was, that was, we did hope host an open home for that. It was pretty unsuccessful. <laughs> it's a long way to go. Yeah, it's a long way to go, but uh, I'll... I'll Purposely choose not to talk about that one again. I don't want that to be my only story. <laughs> I just wanted to get the train into season two. I felt yeah. it was needed. I want to know if you've done anything outlandish. Like, you know how you used to have the red man in the suit? Or yeah. have you done anything in an open home that kind of like could be considered? <sighs> Please tell me there was Extra. a jacuzzi and you were sitting in there when yeah. people arrived. Like, Hey, welcome to the back deck. Hey, with with this hairy chest, uh, I would have put some uh, aviator sunnies and <laughs> that's what I mean. Like yeah, I can just picture load up a cigar. Yeah. No, nothing like no, that. Oh, no, actually, we haven't done anything. Um, I would love to do a petting zoo. I reckon that would be a phenomenal idea to have it an open home. If anyone was going to do one, yeah. like I can see it happening. I actually see it on an episode of Rosehaven. I could imagine like <laughs> like Celia yeah, being yeah. like, oh, yeah. I don't know how we're going to sell this one, and Luke being like, I've got it. Yeah, or or it would be you know. Things that became popular was cat cafes, um, or you could have. Um, it's just does sound a bit mean, but could you like market a property as like for a crazy old cat lady and just be like, we've got cats in every room. Like, hey, whatever, whatever works in marketing, go, go for, for it. it. <laughs> 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 so back onto the topic of open homes, how, how long does an average open home go for? How long do I have to go to get my coffee off? Uh, How long have you got to get there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> let's clarify, we're not going to see the house. We're there to get the coffee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Coffee and champagne. How long do they go for? I'm sorry. I think they they can vary depending on the agent more so. Mm. Like and for me, I don't like to go much longer than about 30 minutes. Yeah. Um, but I know some agents will do an hour or... Yeah. I had a colleague that tried to push it to 20 minutes. And um, he did that for a time because he, he used to run like 10 a day. But it just wasn't even a good enough experience for the clients so that there was 20 minutes for the buyers to get there and go just it was too tight Mm. too tight a time frame but i think also the reason why i do shorter open homes like that half an hour mark i think if you give people an hour to arrive they'll just dribs and drabs through and then it's Mm. like stopping you from working on other opportunities yeah where if it's a shorter time frame people find a way to make it work so i think for me i found that if i do a half an hour open home i get say 10 people if i do an hour open home i still get 10 people it's just that they spread themselves out a lot further. So Yeah, you've got a window to arrive in and enough now gives you enough time to show up, have a look, and then if you're 
serious about it, you'll probably book a proper inspection. Yeah, so some agents do the hours so they've got more time to spend one-on-one with each purchaser as they come through where mm. I'll just get another agent to come with me if I think it's going to be a really busy one. Yep, I'll just same. get two of us there. One of us can work the front door. Another one can be wandering through answering questions. So yeah. Yeah. if we think it's going to be a busy one, we'll just bring more people along to better manage it in that shorter time frame. Absolutely. Speak, yeah. Speaking of a busy one, that then leads me to just kind of security and safety of things. I know I've been in places and people are like, oh, well, what about um, people touching my stuff or nicking my stuff? Or Well, it's a, it, it's a common um, concern when we are listing a home. Uh, where we'd always say, look, the reasons for doing open homes are X. And if you have any concerns about stuff, just put it away. I always recommend the same thing, just put personal stuff away. But I did have one owner that rang up later that day saying that her necklace had been stolen. Okay. And I was like, well... I don't see how that's possible. Like there was very few people through the open home that day and I was with them. I basically walked them through the whole house. They didn't have time by themselves. Mm. And I was like, really, I can't see how it is. I'll ring them and ask the question if they saw anything. Uh, But you probably need to make a a report to the police. About two hours later, she rings back. It's okay, I found it. I was like, oh, thank God. Where was it? I forgot I wore it out that day. (laughs) It was around (laughs) her neck the whole frigging time. And that's the end of that chapter. (laughs) So she went into full-blown panic mode and forgot she'd put it on. <laughs> Where are my glasses? Excellent. Have you seen my glasses? <laughs> oh, that's happened to me before. Yeah, so I did I that the other day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think that's the – but it, it is a legitimate concern and that's – I guess um, that's a tough one because hey? the, uh, the only thing is it can speak from that personal experience where, look, it's never happened to us before but I'm sure it's happened. But um, are there things that you guys put in place to ensure – like you said, you walk around with people showing them the house. What happens if you do have a – whole bunch of people yeah we can minimize that risk by we get contact details of everyone that comes through the property i won't let somebody into the house unless they give me a mobile phone number and i've turned people away at the door when they've refused to give me one okay yeah so that's kind of what i was getting at rather than just being like like it could happen it could not happen well a colleague of mine in victoria he he was in an area that was high really high risk and they actually had to start doing ids almost like you're at a nightclub yeah um for those contact details and ID and it started to work really well and look most again the everyone who's legitimate didn't have an issue with it because they weren't taking the they weren't taking photocopies of the driver's license or anything like that but uh, they just knew and understood that this is an area that's associated with you know a lot of crime yep basically so they had to had some extra layers of security in that instance and you know it worked very successfully for them and yeah. the actual their owners appreciated that level of work that went into making sure that look we want to protect this person's asset and the other thing too is it's actually a privilege for people to be able to come through a person's home so that's if for people saying oh you want me he's like well no it's a privilege that you're getting this opportunity so please respect this person's space yeah i guess mm-hmm. that was kind of where i was coming at it from was you want your vendors to feel as comfortable and safe that the people that are coming through if we've got safeguards in place like you say id or taking numbers and we talked about having multiple agents there mm-hmm. for busy open homes. We can do that as well for owners that are a little bit stressed. Yep. Like mm. if you've got a double-story home and you only you don't feel comfortable, I'll bring three agents. Yeah. I'll have one downstairs, just downstairs. Yeah, so I guess like that then leads me through to like do you have to have an open home? Like I know not every property goes through one. Like say it is a tenanted property, that might be something like that's just not going to work for our situation and maybe they've spoken with the owner as well and it's just like, we can't have one. Is that off the cards? That 
on the cards. One of the things that I would say is there are some properties that require a private showing. So one of that we had um, in Dysart, when we first went with the owner, there was so much detail about the property that was underground, that was behind walls, that was, you know, so it took us a good 25 minutes to get every little detail of the property right. And we actually just changed up the dynamic of how we're going to show this. I said, uh, Jock, I need you to be here with the, um, we agreed that him and I would show the purchases together. And then I would handle the negotiations privately. So oh, okay, yeah. what we did then is that in, for all the showings of the property, he led them through, talked them through absolutely every little small piece. Because by the time he did the tour, I was like, I want to buy this damn house. Yeah. Four or five people to bid through. There was two couples that were absolutely dead keen on it. And then they both made offers. But if it was an open home scenario, that it just would have not been close, you know, as much success because they would have gone up and down the path through the house and went, Oh yeah. Oh, oh, fair enough. But yep. just there was, but there was so much more about the place that needed to be said. So overall, one advantage of a private inspection can be the amount of detail that you can get into it. Yep. You know, on any property, whereas the advantage of an open home would be this is the taste, of, this is the feel, this is the. Sometimes you just walk into a place and you can feel it. You just know. You just know, like, yep, mm. this is good. This is not what I like. Like you walk into a private inspection and be like, oh, now I've got to spend twenty five minutes going through. Listen to this jock bloke. I don't want to. Yep. Because I've just got the bad feeling, but people would be too feel too polite not to could proceed with the intention. Yeah, whereas you that's could walk right. into an open home and it's like, no, nope, I'm out. See ya. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's um, for an advantage uh, from a buyer for an open home is that you, you do have that capacity to go in and out. Like you said before, Pat, think oh, I wasn't, I wouldn't have even considered looking at this place, but because it was open, I'll come check it out. Yeah. Um, and for pure volume's sake. But it's also a good tester to see if the market, what your marketing is doing as well. So if you've, um, if you're off the mark with the marketing and your pricing, you're getting no inquiry, and then your open homes are completely dead. Whereas the, you know, surrounding homes around the area of getting are getting traction, well then maybe that's the feedback there. Well, you're not getting your feedback, so your price is off. So yep. um, there's a whole bunch of directions that they can assist in your campaign. And just finishing up opening homes, I just want to fly over to Pat. This one uh, is especially on the list just for him. The, <laughs> the, the tech... He wrote the list, but... <laughs> I knew it was on here just for him. The tech that people use at Open Home. So you're our resident tech head. Tell us about what technology is out there. One of the ones I really like that I've started doing is just using simple Spotify. Like... Oh, um, yeah. Just mute. So those UE Boom speakers that you can buy, those little tiny handheld ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. You can actually link them together. So Zoe, one of our reps put me onto this she used to put say three of them around the house connect them all up to her phone and then she'd just play music through the whole house oh that's cool sometimes that the awkwardness that comes with dead silence and you can hear people shuffling and they can't talk because they're hearing each other yeah so music helps with that yeah so we've got a 414 open home playlist on spotify that we we sort of put through the house um so that's one thing we've been doing so that's creating the ambience of the space so you're not going to be choosing like marilyn manson or something you're going to be playing something that's Calm and soothing. nothing wrong with the beautiful people. I play it at the front reception sometimes, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and then can't turn it off. Hey, but at, at the right house, it might be perfectly appropriate. <laughs> but yeah, so you're you're trying to target the music in the playlist to, to the, the feeling, the of, feeling the home. of the home. Yeah, mm. so that with the type of demographic we feel that's going to be suited to the house yep. has that extra feeling of connection. Yep. Obviously, another thing that a lot of agents in Hobart use there is an app called HomePass that's I think domain owned from memory. Uh, it does allow agents to sort of check somebody in. Yep. If you are the consumer and you register your interest in that open home via domain as you arrive at the house, it'll automatically check you in if that agent's using that software so it can streamline the process. It's where then um, like the traditional sense is we just 
get a um, pad, pad and pad and then just write the numbers down. But this which, collates which it, is still and puts it in most a database. Do, well, it's, it's that where the um, the home pass can be an app for the uh, buyer as well. So they can um, they can go around the open homes. They've got their app. They're logging in. It's saving the the property's details. So it also quickly enables them to log in and just say, hey, here's my details. Checked into the house, and then it also gives them extra information about the property. So it creates an experience for the purchaser as well, rather yep. than just getting the details, expecting to get a phone call in two days' time. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. So it's it not not everyone uses it. The challenge is too, obviously, is that it has to, for it to be really successful. Both parties have got to use it both ways. So until you get sort of critical mass, sometimes it can be more awkward than not. It's sort of, I guess, some of the techs that people are using out there in the open home space at the moment. I don't know if I read it or we were talking about it one time. What about this thing, like in the busy kind of Londons and Sydneys and stuff, where you know you've got your automated locks on the doors rather mm. than having a key. Was it people were doing open homes, like you could just book a time, show up? Yeah, I have seen that. Um, I read an article about it. I think that's where I you're I think that's where from. we're talking about it. Mm. Yeah, so basically I, it might even be in America. I can't remember if it was America mm. or London, yeah. but somewhere now because agents are so busy and the market's quite busy, what they've started doing is a website where you can log in and it'll give you a pin code for a 30-minute window yeah. so you can go to the house, unlock it yourself, go have a look, and then it'll automatically lock back up. And it's got kind of like the Nest cameras yeah, and things. Yeah, so, so the like agent can, the make, agent sure can that make sure it's all rigidage. All, and yeah, when you leave. So it's a different approach. I don't know mm. if I'm a fan of it. <laughs> but it's like the millennial kind of way of like you're so busy, you kind yeah. of got to fit things in this so way. So these right? agents are advertising open homes are available 24 hours a day. So if yeah. you wanted to go at one in so the morning, and effectively you could. So yeah. um, if that's when you finished your shift at work and you wanted to check it out on the way home. There was nothing stopping you from doing it. Um, so well, uh, that I mean, that element of like lock boxes and etc. It's it, uh, they, it happens in Australia too, where I did work experience with a large company in Victoria, and because they had so many properties running around, and all the agents could sell the uh, the houses, um, each property had a lockbox. So yeah. there was, you know, they the company had probably a few hundred of these damn things, and for every new listing, then it was stored on site. And so when an inspection was booked, the agent could just go up and grab the key and go. Um, so I mean, with that. Whatever new, I know. I remember looking at one uh, invention that the guy had made for America, where that you know it wasn't even a um, like a pin code. It was just like a thumbprint or something like that too. Yep. And it sat uh, like same with a lockbox. Um, but who knows where if as technology develops, we go less away from even traditional key locks. Um, you well, know, you might not need a special thing for you know just to list your home. Well, the Funny you say that, I do know there's an agency in South Australia that are trialling electronic locks so that um, for their rental properties. Mm. So when a trade needs to go to a property, they can give that trade access to the property with a code that expires by a close of business that day. Oh, cool. So okay. it saves the trade needing to come into the office, collect keys, go to the property. Yep. So, and then they don't give keys to the tenants either. The tenants get a code that lasts for 12 months. It's like a, almost like a hotel key. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's just like a PIN code that um, has an expiry date and it's all self-managed back at the office. So they're trialling it with their, a lot of their properties and to the point where they're trying to get it that if you list your rental property with them, you change over to you this need technology. to change this lock onto the front door of the, the home. I reckon it's got merits. Yeah. I really do reckon it's got merits. And that way, obviously, we don't have to worry about key protection here at the office. We don't have to worry about, like, people bringing keys back, people borrowing keys. And well, like, and a, a reality is that you can't know if um, someone's made copies of a previous house. Again, it's something that, um, you know, it's never happened to us. However... It's a good thing for a new tenant knowing, look, just say no. The lock's ex you know, completely exclusive to you. Whoever's been in the past can't access it anymore. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, if I was renting, I'd be like, oh, that's really cool. It's kind of like no one get in to my hotel room. Yeah. yeah. Aside from, you know. 
Yeah, so then the property managers using the hotel reference are like your housekeepers. They're there to check the property. They just put in their they've got their override key that lets them into yep. all of their portfolio and away they go. Yeah, and the tradespeople will be there and they've got available times and after that'll be locked out. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's got I think it's got legs. I did get given a key once when I was in the States to this um, hotel room and I wasn't staying in a hostel mm. and put the key on, open the door, walk in and there's like three bags already there and then this Big fat guy asleep on the bed. <laughs> and I, was like, I used to work in a hotel and that happened to me three times. The room says empty. Why is there somebody in the room? I went back down and I was like, oh, I don't know. If, like there was a guy in there. They're like, oh, bloody such and such. And like they knew who he was and everything. So like, why did they give me that room? <laughs> well, I um, speaking of um, private seller open homes, so we had one. This house has just always been listed. I don't think the guy really wants to sell it, but not far from our office, and he had a sign out the front that was just, you know, open for inspection. So I thought, oh, stuff it, let's go have a look, I'll have a chat to him anyway. I was looking for, a, you know, a unit for a client. Yeah. So got up to the door, it's just a sliding glass door. It was closed, so I was like, okay, I guess we'll just knock to be polite. Um, just before I knocked though, um, he was just sprawled out on the couch and nothing but his undies, fast asleep. <laughs> Just completely forgotten about the fact that he'd had an open open for inspection listed out on the street, and so at, at this point, um, so he so he just but he organised it. Didn't it's he? his it's his private home that he lives in, and he wants and he's got a for sale sign at the front, like, and then it had an open for inspection, like open home. Yeah, yeah. So like, that's why I'm having a look. I thought, oh, well, if it's an open home, I may as well just ca- casually have a look. He'd completely forgotten about it. Pretty much completely undressed, passed out at the couch, and um, he was <laughs> you know having a good old snooze mid afternoon, <laughs> and self knocked on the door, and he's got up I'm like, oh, sorry about that. He's put on his dressing gown. And it's like, well, might as well have a look at the house now. I've seen everything else. I would have been like that person slowly creeping backwards down the stairs. And at the end of it, he's like, oh, so what do you think? I said, well, look, my one thought is next time you're having an open home, put on some clothes first. (laughs) You don't come with a house, right? (laughs) So, yeah, if you are going to have an open home, people, um, put on some clothes. And on that note, I think we should probably finish up. I think that's a wrap. Um, it's be, it's good to be back, boys. We've recorded a lot of stuff today, and yeah. uh, I've had a. It's been fun. I've missed missed this. I know my nan has missed listening. Oh, really? So she'll be very happy to hear that. Yeah, cool. she can okay Google us back into existence. Yep, I'm happy with that, gentlemen. Enjoy the day. Till next week. <laughs> Thanks yeah. for listening. Thanks for listening. Bye. If you're still there. <laughs> <laughs> You have been listening to The Property Pod, produced and edited by 414 Media House in conjunction with 414 Real Estate and McGregor First National Propriety Limited. This podcast is general information only and the thoughts and views expressed is the opinion of our panel and listeners should always seek and use their own investigation into any topic we discuss to ensure they fully understand their own situation. It does not constitute and should not be relied on as purchasing, selling, financial or investment advice or recommendations express or implied and it should not be used as an invitation to take up any agent or investment services. No investment decision or activity should be undertaken on the basis of this.